This week, Sean's out of town. I'm with the kids. It's been really cool. It's been like, it's also overwhelming. And I rage in the evening mm. when bedtime takes forever. And I'm like, guys, this is my moment to take a break. Yeah. I got to take a break. <laughs> Mommy's going crazy. Uh, no, but it's going really good. I'm implementing everything you're teaching me. Mm-hmm. Also, what I learned on this podcast from Danny, the, the nutritionist, I implemented immediately. No, not really. I also (laughs) ate ice cream and stuff, but I did try to make some changes. So this morning I had some really healthy bread with some ghee. That was cool. And I've been shifting the kids. I did do the um, brown rice noodles. Oh, how'd it go? They liked them. They're accepting? Yeah, they liked them. I got got a different shape of noodle. I thought if it looked different, then they wouldn't expect it to be exactly like the other ones. That's smart. Like less of a trick and more of a like, hey guys, get on board. We're doing something. Yeah, here's something fun. Look at this noodle. It fits on your finger. Oh, cute. I like that a lot. So yeah, it's going well. But it also uh, makes me so respect Sean for being the stay-at-home parent, Mm -hmm. which I know that if you're the stay-at-home parent, you get. And then also if you've ever been one, you get. Um, Or if you've ever been in your shoes where you're navigating all these kids at once. It's just so – like there's no break from the word mama. I I woke up to a little hand on my my chest this morning. And he's like, I'm ready to be awake. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my gosh, are you? (laughs) So soon? (laughs) And then then like I said, go play quietly in your room. Moments later, I hear a loud mama coming from down the hall, like mm-hmm. echoey. And then I come in. He's like, I pooped, which in the potty, that was success. Okay. He's like, but I can't find the wipes. Go get them. So then I go get them. And then I wipe his little booty. And then I go back to my bed to just chill for a moment. And then I hear another mama. And then Wilson comes in and he's like, Eloise wants a hug. So then I go down oh and gosh. I give her a hug. And then he, he says, I need chapstick. Yeah. My lips are always chappy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, they are. And then just begin because, oh, and then Jules yells from the other room in her bed, I'm poopy. And I was like, it has begun. Yeah. Here we are. Hey, kid, when you can scream that at me, it's time for you to go ahead and <laughs> go take care Julie. of that yourself. <laughs> that would be so nice. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Anyway, so That's it's been it's been really nice to have all the quality time and totally makes me so grateful for Sean being the one who gets all the daddies all the time. Dad, 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 dad. It's so much. I remember being a little kid and my mom being like, stop saying mom. Yeah. Just stop saying mom. So then we switched to calling her Darcy and then she'd be like, stop (laughs) saying my name. Bring back back the mom. (laughs) I didn't understand until I was a grown up and was like, can you just like stop saying Miss Lane? (laughs) Just like say anything else. You say anything except for Miss Lane. I didn't remember her name was Darcy. Mm -hmm. I have an honorary mom, Darcy. Yeah. Got some Darcy's. Got some Darcy's. That's cute. Okay. Anyway, welcome back to our podcast. My name is Jessica Hover. My friends call me Jess. And this is... I'm Lane Dealing Turland, and this is Very Good Enough, a podcast from Very Good Mothers Club. And today we get to talk about something super important that I just told Lane, I'm going to listen to and then run home and do. It's like very chill. Cool. uh, Just a, just a quickie. Let's call it a, let's call it a tip or trick. Okay. Um, I actually just like have a take on what the end game is Mm. of parenting. Okay. Slash like educating or like any kind of form of guidance for children. Like I, 
I got like what I got the it. final thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. So I want to like zoom way super out today, which I know is everyone's favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. I'll zoom it back in because <laughs> I need it to be practical. So too. Yeah. No, it's perfect. Like, but tell me what to do. And I'm like, I think I did. No, and it's a like, theory. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you how to think. <laughs> That's like someone wrote me after listening to the, the nutrition episode uh-huh. and they were like, thank you for asking to describe the plate. Yes. And I was like, yeah, that's just because I had to go home and make a plate uh-huh. of food and uh-huh. I need to know what do I put yep. on it. Yep. But so, yeah, you give us yeah. the big picture and then I'll ask the questions <laughs> to help <laughs> what us. What do I put on the plate? Yeah. Zoom in. I love What's it. on the plate? Okay. So um, go ahead. Okay. So this, the verbiage that I'm going to use here today is something that I read in a parenting book when I was teaching preschool because there aren't a lot of books about how to teach preschool. There mm-hmm. aren't a lot of books about super young children that aren't like studies also. Mm. So it's like, it's just tricky. So I was reading like a lot of parenting content along with a lot of like educational theory and trying to just kind of bridge for myself. Um, This parenting book was bad, like really bad. So I'm not going to tell you (laughs) what it was because I think you should not read it. I think no one should read it, but I have this one piece of language that has stuck with me for years and years and years. And I was like, that is correct. That was the <laughs> only it. purpose of reading yes. that book. So I'm acknowledging that I'm going to use some language that's not mine and I'm not going to credit um, the originator and I don't know if that's bad. Okay. Maybe the internet will tell me. Okay. Um, okay. So this is what happens. This is, I'm going to talk about it as though it's like, think about it as yourself right now. Cause okay. really like you also have been through what the end game of parenting is, mm. right? Cause you were a little child. Mm-hmm. So we come into this world little tiny babies we come out too early because our heads are too big and you have to get carried around right you're like Mm. super helpless Mm. you have no power and no choices you're tiny and then over time you grow and your capacity increases and you begin to take on more of your own personal power and then Mm. at some point every single person barring the kind of tragedies that we can't plan for is then handed a hundred percent personal power and freedom Mm. and is like here you go you have it now yeah so our goal from these tiny little like empty, useless, sweet, beautiful, useless, little precious, sweet, sweet, darlings. precious, can't do anything perfect, <laughs> empty, cannot useless. help themselves, yeah. precious treasures, yeah. is to someday grow them up into people who are able to manage their own power. Hmm. This, I believe, is the end goal of teaching and training children. Okay. They are, no matter what you do, going to be given all their power at some point in life. Mm. In America, it's about 18, and then we keep a little bit of stuff until they're like 25-ish. But after like 25, Mm -hmm. you can rent a hotel room and a car, and there's literally Mm. no restriction on your personal freedom and power Mm -hmm. outside of like the few laws that we have that are like, don't don't hurt each other. Yes. so like in the wide, wide, wide spectrum between you're going to go to jail if you do this yeah. and your mom used to tell you mm-hmm. all of that stuff belongs to them. Mm-hmm. And like you don't you can't stop that from happening. There's no like taking that back in. Right. They yeah. are going to get this power. Yeah. And so this is the concept from that. That bad book was like they're going to be full of their own personal power. Every human has like a mm-hmm. modicum of power and you have power over your own body and power of your own interactions and like some choices. What is modicum? Property. Modicum. I've never uh, used it. It's an, an amount, a measurement. An amount. Yeah. Okay, I love it. So okay. it's not full personal freedom because there are okay. things that if I cross over into your personal freedom and take your life away, sure. then my personal freedom will leave, right? Yeah, there right. are edges to that too. But there's a huge expanse, yeah. i.e. the entire life that you live yeah. that just now is like, here you go. You were a kid yesterday and today you're not. Yeah. Go vote. 
go mm-hmm. fight in a war, go mm-hmm. buy a house, mm-hmm. go live your life, go decide what to do with your sexuality, mm-hmm. go decide how to do your relationships, yeah. feed yourself, mm-hmm. make choices about how you want to direct and point your life. And at that point, either you have some practice and some training in mm-hmm. managing personal power or you don't. And we mm-hmm. all know people who clearly are totally ill-equipped to manage their personal power. And sometimes that looks like the refusal to leave your your parents' home, yeah. right? Of just being like, nope, which like people call failure to launch, right? Mm-hmm. Like they stay because they're like, whoa, no, thank you, personal power. I've never had that before. Well, this yeah. that's too much. No, 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 I can't. I, so they abdicate that power, right? Oh, they like wow. try to keep it off of themselves mm-hmm. or they're like, we power. And then they mm-hmm. wander around all over into everybody else's space, crazy, no boundaries, not taking care of themselves, no respect. Right? There are people who like flail because they've never practiced with it before mm-hmm. and they're loving it. <laughs> they're like, fun, power, I'll do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And and they're not able to do that in a way that works well for them too. Yeah. They're kind of like two sides of the same coin is the like, no thank you power or the like, let's just juggle these knives with all my power. Yeah. Right? Like we know about that. And I, I think if we pull it back on ourselves, there are areas in my life where I got to that point and I was like, oh, I can do this. And then there were areas of total collapse of like, mm-hmm. I have no idea how, what do you mean no one's going to tell me how to do this? What do you mean I'm just in charge? Well, my car's dead and I have to buy a new car and nobody's going to tell me how to buy a new car. Like I just right. have to figure this out, you know? And yeah. um, and a lot of that was interpersonal too of being like, oh, I just could, I could have sex with this person or not. I could like have this friendship where I like manipulate this person or I respect them, you know, like sure. just, and those are obviously two extreme ends of a spectrum totally, too. Of like, totally. what do I do with my body? What do I do with my emotions? How do I feel about my family of origin? Do I go back there a lot? Mm. I, I moved away from home when I was 19 and it was like, do I, do I stay out here? Do I like this? Do I go home? I could, if I go home, I could live inside my dad's house again, or I could mm. try to find my own house. And, and there's, so we all get to this place where all your power gets handed to you. Mm-hmm. Or there are people who don't want to hand your power to you all the way, mm-hmm. even when you are an adult. And we can feel intrinsically that that's not right either, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need – we all can see like, oh, uh-oh, that adult parent is not <laughs> – is trying to keep some of the personal power it's, of it's that all of us moms adult who are like, child. Our kids will never leave. We like them so much. And then it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's maybe not the healthiest. Well, I mean the love is there yeah. and that's that's healthy. But then – the giving of their own ability yeah. to go and learn how to fly. Mm-hmm. Well, the glorious thing is they're going to, they're going to take it. <laughs> you yeah. can try and keep it if yeah, you yeah. want. They're going to think that they're ready to manage all their personal power. Sure. Well, first when they're three, but then again, when they're 15, yeah. they're going to be wrong both of those times. Right. And even when they're 18 and they get all of it, there's still quite a lot of brain development that needs to happen there. Mm-hmm. So we start to, ideally we see people kind of fumble yeah. with all this power and freedom and, and figure it out along with the forming of their prefrontal cortex the yeah. finishing out of that front part yeah. until they're you know somewhere in your 20s you start to stabilize a little you know like ideally you start to see a person take shape and like really be able to manage so much freedom yeah like when you really break it down we have the choice about what to do with our whole entire day hmm. if we choose badly we will have no dollars and be hungry and stuff like that yeah if we choose well I- ideally we live a little bit more comfortably mm-hmm. And so it's a thing that you continue to grow in your whole life. Mm -hmm. But to me, when I scale all the way out and I'm like, what is happening out there? That's what it is. I'm like, okay, someday this person's going to be in charge of themselves. I need them to know how to do that. Mm. (laughs) I need them to know how to respect that other people are in charge of themselves, right? And keep know where the edge of your own power is. I need you to be able to like 
feel feelings come up and make a choice about that. A person who's like run by their feelings mm-hmm. is not in control of their power. Right. right. I need you to be confident in making choices because if you're terrified of decisions and you're flinching, mm-hmm. like that's also not a person who's in control of themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, it's just helpful to like set a marker way mm-hmm. out there, like have something solid to kind of come back to. Cause like, Maybe I'll give this example in, in preschools, in school settings, kind of anywhere that there's structure, it can be really easy to be like, well, this kid needs to know how to function in this setting. So like I need them to know how to sit at a snack table for a long time and I need them to know how to sit here for a long time and I need them to know how to manage all these toys and whatever. And it can you can get real micromanaging if yeah. you're stuck in the moment that you're in where I'm like, well, they're not prepared for preschool. But if I ask myself, like, is my goal that they function well in the structure of preschool? Like, no, that's, that's silly. I mean, to some degree, I need them to be able to like get along here, but you can get real into the minutia of like, do this and be this now. But if I think ahead, I'm like, what is, what is actually useful to you? Is it useful to you that you remember that like free play comes after group time and after free play comes tonight? Like, that doesn't matter later, like ever. (laughs) So I need you to be able to like get along in this space. But what I really need you to be able to do is like know that when transitions come, you're going to have a feeling and that we can work on your feeling together and we can move forward. Yeah. Right. Like you need that at snack time and you need that in mm-hmm. the future mm-hmm. when you're in charge of your own life. Right. And I, I think that there's like a huge range of ways to go about this. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that that goal kind of encompasses every or like every style of parenting and all of the many goals and values in between that are like available and good, right? You're going to fill in for yourself what it means that like, this is how I want this person to manage their power Yeah, is like so up to the individual culture and family and parent and, Mm -hmm. and flavor, but like they're going to be in charge of their life someday. Yeah. And how do I want them to be able to handle that? That's really, yeah, it makes sense. Cause then you have your family values. So the kind of adult that you are shaping them to be or guiding them to be mm-hmm. is going to align with what you guys believe is is the type of adult we would want to be. My thought is, well, I had a lot of thoughts while you're talking, but one is in anything that our children learn to do, in anything that they have power to do, even just the power to use their legs to walk, mm-hmm. they're going to fall down a lot. Yeah, And maybe this is because maybe the way I would see this is because I tend towards the perfectionism of like learn it and don't fail, like mm-hmm. get the power and do it perfectly. Um, I remember living in Spain and learning Spanish, but not really wanting to speak as if I was a learner. I wanted to speak as if I was an adult who knew yeah. how to speak. And so then I stayed very quiet because to learn a language is to fumble through a language until you get it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I think for us with our children, we can see that when they're young, failing, I'm using air quotes for those who are listening, is a part of the process. In order to learn how to walk and run, they're going to fall, they're going to get bruises on their head, they're Mm going to chip teeth. Um, That happens for those of you who have little boys. It's This is something cute. Like, It's funny how surprised we are that little boys chip teeth sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I've heard it from so many little boy moms, probably little girl moms too, but I've literally never heard it from a little girl mom (laughs) yet. but we just know like, well, yep, the, the little guy's learning how to use all that power they have in their mm-hmm. body to run and jump and dive and do all the things. Yeah. 
And then they get a little bigger and they're learning maybe potty training. They're, they poop on the floor. Oh, yep, that's what happens. You have mm-hmm. this urge. Now, here's what you do with the power to poop. Yep. You put the poop somewhere. And then as they get bigger, it gets a little scarier because the stakes are higher. So they have the power to drive. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. They have the power to access alcohol. Oh, gosh. They have the power to be sexual. Oof. The power to make a a human. Um, Okay. They have a power to go get a job and maybe fail at that job Mm -hmm. or choose the wrong job or something. I think where my mind is going is like if we can create a culture within our home that embraces failure as part of the process it then makes it a little less crazy for everybody involved probably less pressure on you because as the parent you internalize this like oh the the end goal is that they're an adult that can handle their power well if they don't if they misuse their power how does that reflect back on my parenting Mm -hmm. Um, if we can just understand that all of us, even even Lane and I here, have power that we misuse, that we fumble through, that we choose not to use and then wish we did. Yeah. Um, that's all part of growing and learning. Yeah. Even when the stakes are higher, it's the sense of like, okay, well, we're in this together, whether it's with friends or with our family, like, yeah. okay, yep, we can do this. And I think that if that's part of how our kids grow up is like, oh, man, you blew it. Yep. You know what? Mom blows it too. Okay. What do we need to do to make this right? Do we need to go apologize to somebody? Do we need to clean up a mess? Do we need to pay for something we broke? Well, you know, all these things like you make amends, but also failure is part of how we get to a place where we can manage power in a way that is best for the people in our lives and best for ourselves. but it is definitely like the same style of process as a little kid who's learning how to run and he runs into the corner of this table and yeah. then you've got a bruise and you've got crying and everybody's yeah. wondering whose fault it was and we all just are like, Wah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, power in motion. Mm-hmm. We're learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I it's something that. I think of a lot is like how in my home can we make mistakes and celebrate the growth on the other side of them um, yeah, not put so much pressure on the outcome of what we're trying to do. Like, I want to be a great walker. I want to be a great runner, yeah. pooper in a toilet, sleeper, <laughs> eater, you know, like yes. less pressure on all of that and more like growth is a process and we do it together. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's where I'm going. I love it. I love the way that you're using the body as an mm-hmm. example, because that's one of my favorite things about life is that sort of this like physical growth and development really is such an excellent metaphor for mm-hmm. our internal growth and development mm-hmm. as well. Like it's so, it tracks so one-to-one and I, I just Definitely. really appreciate that because it makes the inside part seem so much clearer to me when I'm like, well, just look at the outside part. Yeah. Um, I feel like this, what you're saying pairs very perfectly with we're all just practicing, yeah, which we true. talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, when you're getting more power with your physical body, it is because you have practiced a bunch Mm -hmm. of times, Mm -hmm. right? Like crawling mobility is a kind of freedom and power that a new infant doesn't have. And then it practiced, Mm -hmm. learned how to roll itself over and then it did that a billion times and it did that super badly and then it started to do it super well and you kept moving it to the middle of the bed because you were like, you suck at this. (laughs) I love you. You got to keep learning how to do this before you can And it developed and grew with Mm -hmm. time, which is the same thing like in your adolescence and early 20s. Some of that is like Mm -hmm. the practice of the crawling and the growth of the body. Yes. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Hmm. And then you get the freedom to decide like how and where you want to go within the baby gate space. Because mm-hmm. now you, um, you can, I can like, so it's sort of like you, the adult, like an adult and a tiny, tiny child, like the adult uh, is the manager of that baby's power. Yeah. And the power belongs ultimately by like right sure. to that baby individual. But yeah. like we hold it because we have better information and more practice, mm-hmm. which is always the way that I explain to children why I'm in charge and they're not. These are the things that you get to do. But for right now, like I have a lot more information than you and a lot more practice. And if you, I'm happy to give you some info and then you can practice and then I will let you have a little bit more power. Yeah. And then we start handing little bits of their power back to them over the course of their life. And if they do poorly with it, we say like, oh, uh oh, seems like you're not able to be in control in that way anymore. So I'm going to go ahead and say that like you can play right over here. And when you're ready, Mm. when you're ready to treat each other's bodies nicely, you can come back over and play with the rest of us, right? That's us just like re-delegating a little bit of their power back and forth like that. And they get to be in charge of more and more and more of it as they practice and Mm -hmm. as they have experience and and more knowledge. I love this. I think I I remember hearing of a dad of a bunch of kids. I think they had like a huge family. He was describing um, how sometimes parenting feels a little scary, like you're given all the ingredients to make cookies, but you're not told how to make the cookies. And then you're just sort of like throwing them in an oven and hoping that on the other side is delicious chocolate chip cookies. But like for some people it is and for some people it's not. And it feels a little scary. I mean, his ultimate conclusion, and I think what we're talking about here is this sense that like if the if the end is is a chocolate chip cookie adult (laughs) that is able to handle their own power, there are things we can do in between with intentionality that help guide these people into being grownups who can manage their own power. Yeah. Um, and then I also think like me, for me, I come from a family that has um, mental illness and just certain things that really kind of collide with a person's ability to manage their own power. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm thinking for any listener who relates to that in any capacity because even health issues can take away from our ability to manage our own power like Mm -hmm. physical health issues right like if a little child has something that isn't functioning properly they're not gonna maybe learn how to walk in a way that they would if that thing wasn't there right I think that as parents, you will have the best perspective of anyone for your little ones mm-hmm. because you know them better than mm-hmm. everybody else. You're with them. Yeah. You've, you've, yeah, you've been there the whole time. So as they grow, you would be the one who is most in tune with whether or not any sort of issue you're facing is due to something like a mental illness or, or a physical ailment of some kind, right? Yeah. So as they grow, because I'm thinking you guys might have babies or toddlers now, but they won't stay that little. Um, and it's going to be really sweet. And I want to encourage you. It's going to be great later too. Um, but it can be, for me, it can be a little scary imagining like the teenage years. I'm talking to Lane. Um, the teenage years, because I have no idea what to expect. And yeah. kind of the reputation for the teenage years is like, oh, mm-hmm. brace yourself. It's right. totally out of your control. Right. But w- when I'm hearing you talk about this, I'm thinking, no, it's just our little babies who got bigger. Yes. And so they're now practicing with more power. Yes. And 
some of the stuff they're going to face is really going to suck. Yes. Just like us. We, we go through that too, whether it's hormonal issues or mental health issues or feelings of rejection from peers or people we care for in mm-hmm. like a romantic way. Our little babes are growing up to encounter those things as well. Yeah. And you as the parent get to be in tune with them and, and kind of in touch with what's going on here. Is it, is it the normal like powers coming? It's they're falling down, but they're going to get back up and they're going to figure this out. Or maybe we need to access some outside resources to help equip them to better handle this stage. Um, I, I was on a call with a bunch of moms in our community, which if you're not already a member of very good mothers club, I'd love to invite you to be a part of it. It's the best moms ever. And we were in there talking about like, what is our, goal for our family. I gave everybody the opportunity to talk about like when you think of the culture in your home or even like the end, like your kids are grownups, how would you want them to reflect back on your family? Every single person agreed that what they want for their child is for them to know that they are safe and they belong with their family. No matter the decisions they make, no matter what they turn out to be like, Mm. they want to know that they are safe and they belong. And I imagine if you're someone listening to a podcast like this, that you are nodding like, yeah, that's what I feel too. Um, If we can continue to be a safe place where our children understand that they belong and that we're going to try really hard to to get them to Mm -hmm. listen and rather than come in with our own idea of what their grown up version self should look like, but just come in and like, okay, you, you kind of help me know what's this going to be like. I'm with you. Like when you plant, I'm surrounded by plants in Lane's house, (laughs) but I'm thinking about that. Like these plants started as little seeds Mm -hmm. and you create an environment where they can grow, but you don't say like, but this little branch here and branch out here and branch out there. You Mm -hmm. just go, I'm going to help take care of you and I'm going to provide the right environment. And if you need to be moved over here so that this can grow better, we're going to try it. And if this isn't working, we're going to try that. But ultimately they're the ones growing. You're providing the place for them to feel safe and belong and grow into whatever that seed is becoming. Um, I think that takes away some of the intensity as well, where it's my, my goal here is to just help you know that you're safe and loved and healthy. And I will do whatever I need to do as your parent to make that possible. Mm -hmm. But then you little one have the power inside of you and you're going to get to see something really special happen when year after year you grow. Yeah. And then we just figure it out together. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, obviously like I'm a toddler specialist, not a teenage specialist, but developmentally in terms of like personality or like, um, self-concept development, there are really parallel things happening. Mm -hmm. Like we make these jokes about like three majors and like two is like 15 and three is actually like 16 and stuff like that. But because it actually kind of is Mm -hmm. like, we've talked a super ton and and you could go back and listen to plenty of toddler episodes. If you want to hear me like really expand about Mm -hmm. this, but about how, what a two-year-old is doing is like, it's the first moment of differentiation where they realize like you are you and I am me. And that means that I'm separate from you. So now I have to find out what I am and where the edges of me are. And there's this thing where they come back close to see if they can be the same as you again. And then they stretch as far as they can to see like, how far away can I get? And then they come crashing back into you because they're like metaphorically trying to find the edges of themselves. Mm. So they're bumping into stuff and they're stretching and they're pulling because they're trying to find out like, what does it mean that I am? Mm. They have this like moment 
in their brain where literally like they open their eyes and the world is different because they're like, whoa, I'm me. Yeah. And it's terrifying and it's super exciting. And that exact same thing happens in the 14, 15, 16 zone totally. where they're suddenly like self-aware in a new way and mm. they can feel that freedom coming and they must appropriately, they must differentiate from you mm. in order to know who they are mm -hmm. in a way that is separate from you because they are separate yeah. from you. And that's like super right and super good. Mm -hmm. And that differentiation can be subtle and calm. It also can be terribly tumultuous. Mm -hmm. And so in the way that I talk about two-year-olds where like, you have to be the sea cliff and think about them as this wave that like stretches all the way far away from you and then comes back crashing in and you just get to be there with your beautiful, mm -hmm. solid, safe, unmoving mm -hmm. arms stretched out knowing like this is a little wave and I'm the safe place for you to come crash mm -hmm. these emotions into. I'm not going to change the boundary. I'm still here to show you the edge of your personal power. Oh, yeah. that's the edge because that's where my personal power starts. That's where somebody else is like, there's yeah. the edge of you. And just knowing that like, that's what's happening. So you get to like welcome and care for them and, and be that sort of safe harbor. Metaphorically, it's, it's really that same position mm. when they're teenagers of saying like, yes, stretch away, go differentiate, figure yourself out. Oh, actually that's the edge of their power. Mm. And like the kind of depersonalization of knowing that like the intensity of the behavior that they're bringing to you is representative of how they feel inside. Yeah. It's not like rage pointed at you. It's mm -hmm. like a big expression of I'm having a huge, big feeling. I feel that we're getting really good in parenting at talking about toddlers, like big feelings. Sure. Um, many thanks to big little feelings for like sure. really spreading that verbiage yeah. out. I think it's really, really useful. Yeah. You need it again mm -hmm. when they're big. Totally. Because they are doing that same thing. And it's sort of like this, that's the big one. The teenage one is yeah. the big one. The two-year-old is the very first time. Mm -hmm. And then they do a little bit of that kind of forever and there are spikes and there are times when it like ebbs and flows. Yeah. But then when they're teenagers, they they are going to go be a grown-up and that's super beautiful and mm -hmm. probably really painful. Like there's a, there's a poignancy to it, right? Yeah. That like bittersweet, that twinge thing of like, oh, yay, look at you go. Right. You're amazing. And oh my God, but you were a baby. <laughs> right. right. But right. it's the same deal and it can be so intense because they're uh they're in like grown-up bodies and they yeah. use like grown-up words and stuff yeah. so it, it's it's a lot but I do think that if you set that dynamic really nicely now mm -hmm. for yourself like you know you get to learn and practice with them right now especially when they are so much more um elastic and stretchy and forgiving and sweet like you guys get to work out a dynamic where mm -hmm. they have big expressions of big feelings and you practice knowing what to do and positioning yourself you can you can build that into your relationship dynamic so that later even when the details are different you guys still kind of remember and know how to do it because you've been practicing together this whole time yeah yeah that's so good I remember I was in some sort of lecture I don't even remember what the topic was but the guy was talking about how friends care about what friends care about and he was talking about the the need in relationship to care about what the other person mm -hmm. is caring about mm -hmm. even if inside of you you're like I've never yeah this has never been my thing like <laughs> I, I thought is like I've never cared about skateboarding yeah. pre Sean Hover in my life now I care a lot about skateboarding um it, it really applies to our kids as well. So when they're little and they're caring about magnetiles and they're building them into a car garage, sorry, I hit the microphone. Um, they're building them into a car garage. We, we 
have opportunities to care about those things, even when we're actually thinking about dinner and maybe we're underslept and maybe we're trying to figure out how to provide this Mm -hmm. month. Um, But it's these steps of caring about what they care about as they grow, because in the years that Lane's talking about where it's a little bit more fragile and where there's a lot of this feeling like, but you don't understand me, mom Mm -hmm. or dad, you know, you don't get it as much as we can give ourselves to caring about what they care about over the years and building that into the relationship. Um, I think that during that time, I'm not there yet. My, my oldest is eight, but I think about this a lot and we were teenagers. So, I mean, you guys, you remember some of the feelings that you experienced towards your parents. Um, that's something that I'm trying to implement now, kind of as I prepare for these older years where misunderstanding seems to be a lot more prevalent. Um, just that they would know that we, we do care. And I think also realizing that they're going to be in this harder time of like they're adults and their kids and they're trying to figure that out. And it's really important that we give them opportunities to exercise that power and also maybe help build frameworks where they can do that within Mm -hmm. some sense of safety. You, you see that in like families who really value sports. And so they are all a sports family because it gives them power to use their their skills and bodies and a sense of identity outside of their family identity but then at the end of the day they're still I don't know not doing drugs and not drinking and you know the Mm -hmm. the certain things that you hope for a teenager right Right. um so I don't know just care about what they care about and as they grow maybe look for the opportunities where you can give them power Mm -hmm. moments yeah and safety is almost like here's your backyard, but there's a fence around it, so you have freedom to run and play. Yeah, but also you can't escape, and no bear is going to get in. Right, right, and yeah. and we we practice these things now because what we want them to do is um, internalize them, mm. right? So like you practice here, use your freedom within this space. Oh, you you crossed over that space, and yeah, it got tricky, wasn't mm. it? it was gnarly out there. Come on back over and like practice that again because all of your fences will be gone and you want them to be people who can look out and say like, that seems like the edge of where I want to go and go over it. Maybe sometimes and be like, Oh shit, that went badly. (laughs) Kind of like they told me or like, I knew I felt that thing inside that said, this one's not going to be good. And then it wasn't right. And then they incorporate that experience too. And be like, Oh yeah. Just like before, like they're going to, um, part of that differentiation, differentiation process is them being like, I, they can feel that they're about to be the authority. So then they need to kind of internalize you Mm -hmm. and separate from actual external you because they're sort of like taking you on and making the the you who was in authority over them like be inside themselves. Yeah. And um, we want that muscle memory to be there. We want them to have the feeling of being told, here's the edge, here's how things work, go figure it out. We want Mm -hmm. them to know the feeling of like, oh yeah, it does kind of hurt over there. That I don't like how that felt. Mm -hmm. And then coming back inside and being like, oh, it does feel better over here. Yeah. So that they know how to make those choices and they know how to analyze their environment and they know how to test in reasonable ways. You know, like take enough risks to be like, yeah, I I actually did try that area. And was like, oh, I didn't like it rather than careening over the side of something and be, and then having to learn from like a big gnarly one. Right. You know, like yeah. they need to be able to test the fences a little bit. Definitely. And um, taste for themselves how that works. Yeah. That's how they, they build self-trust in there too. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess maybe we could end the, the conversation too by talking a little bit about how this affects us. Yeah. I, I wonder for you, Lane, like looking backwards 
at your own process for growth, mm-hmm. knowing you, I would imagine there's things you can identify that like hindered your ability as an adult to exercise power. Yeah. Um, I, for myself, I I can feel sometimes where the the whole failure topic where I don't mm-hmm. want to fail came from um, a certain stage of my my growing up where there was some like unstable reactions to very normal mistakes that I learned later were very normal mistakes. But in the moment was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Like, don't do that again. That, that ruined everything. Mm. And I think like, I mean, even the best well-meaning parents, we're going to, we're going to do some, some of that stuff. Right. Um, I just wonder like, as we parent, there's probably this self-awareness that's going to be taking place too, where we start to see ourselves maybe replicate things that our parents did that we didn't love. Or we, I mean, I I joke about my, my nighttime rage when the kids are like pressing bedtime, but I really don't love that. I don't like Mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm going to lose my temper at my kids. It reminds me of certain things that I really didn't like about my own growing up. Um, And I think that as we, are faced with our own power, right? We're adults. We're now raising kids, but even in our work life and our relationships and our relationship with money, how we treat our bodies, Mm -hmm. we have power. And there is this sense, I'm sure you know right now for yourself, like, oh, I'm misusing that power or I'm not using power that I have because I don't know that I can. And it's important for us also to almost like be parenting ourselves now as yes. we're raising these kids. You agree? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's and part of why I started to. with reflecting on okay. yourself this way. Cause yes, please keep going. Yeah. <laughs> no, was like a just, church. That was just like a church yeah. agreement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, it's so it. good. Yeah. <laughs> that for me, for sure. That's where my mind is going is like, I am not going to do this perfectly this week. Mm-hmm. I've been alone with the kids mm-hmm. and I've yelled at them more than I want to. And I've apologized each time. And I've also, I've also thought it's so interesting because my kids, they, they react with big feelings too. And they bounce back like so quickly. Yeah. And I'm very slow to bounce back. I yeah. like hold it all day. I'm like, I can't believe I reacted like that. Mm-hmm. And then I thought like, what if I could be a little bit more like them of just like, yep, that was, whew, that was something. Yeah. We moved past that. Good thing. Um, but there is this thing of like, okay, how can I grow as a person and make sure that I'm able to use the power appropriately Mm -hmm. and not only for my people's good, but for my own good, for my experience of my life, which is all I have. I have me in this body experiencing my life. If I am not using my power for my own good, what am I doing? What a waste. And so, yeah, as we think about our children and helping them to use their power, there may be opportunities for us to make changes in our life and look around. And and it could be even just temporary, like, wow, in this stage of my life, for whatever reason, I'm eating for comfort or I'm not moving my body anymore, even though Mm -hmm. I know that I love it and I should, or I'm drinking too much or I'm spending too much, Mm -hmm. whatever these things are, that it's power going out from us in a way that feels out of our control. What can we do to bring it back into control and make sure that it's, it's helping us? 
Um, and I know that one thing we offer you guys is we have um, calls that we do within our community on the fourth Tuesday of the month. And sometimes these calls get vulnerable and people share yeah. what they're really going through. There's a lot of power in getting into a space where people can just nod in agreement. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I felt that too. Or mm -hmm. somebody shares with something and someone else in the group is like, well, that's not my exact struggle, but I relate to those feelings and here's how it looks in my life. And the sense of like, oh, I'm not alone. And just that, the admission of what's wrong yeah. and the encouragement that you're not by yourself in it gives you some power back to like, okay, I can do this. I can yeah. make the change I want to make. So yeah, that's where my mind is going twofold. I love it. I feel so completely enraptured by what you're saying right now. Right. I sort of forgot that I was even here. No, you, <laughs> you did this because to me. I was so, this is so, so deep good. Yeah. It's this is so, so good. good. It's so good. Oh, I felt like I had something to be like, mm. yeah, but I think that's just perfect. Perfect. That's just perfect. We're yeah. We're out here in the end game. Mm -hmm. We've done it. Oh, I know what it is. Oh, tell us. I hearing you talk about the pieces that are hard for you in managing your own power, I hope could be really comforting to other parents in being like, if your child turned out like Jessica, wouldn't you be so delighted? That's <laughs> right. So like nice. that would be amazing. That's so and nice. there are all these ways where you can identify like my parents worked really hard and there were some gaps here and I struggled with these kinds of things True. because of those gaps, but I'm strong in this way because of those gaps. True. And like what a what a reasonable level of very good enough parenting, right? Exactly. And here you are, beautiful, excellent, thriving. Thank like, you. Wouldn't you be so delighted if your kid was like that? That's so nice. <laughs> and Thank you. All you have to do is like a good enough job. Yeah. And um, yeah, please only do a good enough job. Yeah. Because if you're striving to do a perfect job, you're not gonna. No. Because nobody is. No. And you're just and gonna okay. really struggle during this process. Yeah, your kid is a person and they're yeah. gonna live a person's life yeah. as an adult person mm -hmm. being like, my mom was so great in these ways and mm -hmm. I do all this cool shit because of my mom and I'm like powerful totally. in these really thoughtful ways and I have a lot to overcome. My mom actually wrote me a card once in reference to her own mom. I hope I can quote this correctly because it was so beautiful. She was talking about how her mother gave her much to overcome and more to live by. Oh. And um, I think that's really powerful and beautiful. And you wow. also, you get to and you must respect that there are going to be people out there in the world just like living their lives. Mm -hmm. And so you do your best and mostly you just be with them and yeah. you be really connected to them and um, reconnect with them when you have a rupture. Yeah. And like, that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. So now we know the end goal. Let us know how you're doing it. Let mm -hmm. us know. I would love to hear like, what are your family values? When mm -hmm. you hear all of this, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. Um, and how do you see yourself implementing this? Um, so we can all be very good enough together. Just good enough. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. That's okay. Perfect. We love you. You're doing great. And we'll see you really soon. Bye. Bye.